This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has the trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now. And um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing. So I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, Basically, you give them a membership list. And from there, they contact your members and it's no high pressure sales or anything. And it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish. And it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished. And I just, I'm very sold on Community Matters. And with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Amanda Lee Kaiser. Uh, Amanda is a keynote speaker and author of Elevating Engagement, Uncommon Strategies for Creating a Thriving Member Community. Through her research, Amanda is is at the forefront of exploring how member and attendee engagement is rapidly changing within professional communities. I'll have to say as a a side note, as I read through her book, I very much was able to visualize all of you as listeners, both attending your state and national chamber conferences and engaging on those levels, but also taking some of these lessons learned to your local chamber organization. As we go through our conversation today, I hope you can see some of those parallels as well. But Amanda, I wanted to welcome you to the show, uh, give you a chance to say hello to all the Chamber Champions that are listening. And if you wouldn't mind sharing something interesting about yourself so we can all get to know you a little better. All right. Hey, Brandon, thank you so much for having me here on your podcast. And hello, Chamber Champions. It's, It's great to be here. Uh, okay, something interesting about myself. So I got my start at Crayola and I rose up the ranks in marketing. So I've got a, a classic marketing background and uh, and now I'm a keynote speaker. But maybe even more interesting than that, I've got uh, two kittens adopted me during COVID. Uh, I, I don't know if, if you're a, a cat dad, but they adopt us. I don't think we adopt them. And uh, and I named them after Muppets. So I love the Muppets, Kermit and all of those guys. So so my cat's names are Robin and Bean. And uh, you might see them running in and out because that that's what they do. Awesome. Yeah, I, I did notice the Kermit quote in the book as well. So that's right. um, that that carries through. I'm, I'm not a cat dad, but I understand what you mean. It doesn't matter how much you like the cat. They have to like you to, to adopt. It, <laughs> that's so. right. Right. <laughs> 
well, I am excited to get into our topic of conversation today. I think chambers across the country, um, even globally, are constantly thinking about the ways to elevate the engagement of their membership or their investors or um, those who participate in their organization at, at any level. Um, I had a Often, well, I'll, I'll hear chambers talk about doing the yellow highlighter exercise, where they will print out their membership list and then with the yellow highlighter go through and mark any chamber member who's participated or actively engaged with the chamber in any way. And that may be the you know main sponsor of their annual banquet. It may be um, you know the sponsor of their boardroom, or maybe just somebody who's constantly liking their Facebook posts. So literally any level of engagement. And as they do this yellow highlighter exercise, oftentimes there's not a whole lot of yellow on that sheet once it's marked up. Um, so I think we'll uh, we'll be in for a treat today with a lot of these tips and and ideas around how to elevate engagement with our membership. So we will dive into this discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar, Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Are you looking for a way to promote your business community? Look no further than Pippoli. With Pippoli, you can get all the tools you need to connect with your members, promote your businesses, and grow your community. Pippoli offers a wide range of features, including a state-of-the-art community website, a community clicker mobile app for businesses, members, and the community, a marketplace where businesses can present professional services and even sell their products, a powerful event management and community calendar system, a comprehensive commerce community management system, and a complete membership services department, all included. And best of all, Pipply is only $1 per member per month after a small initial setup. That's a fraction of the cost of other management platforms. So, what are you waiting for? Sign up for Pipply today and start growing your business community. Book a time to learn more at pippily.com. That's P-I-P-P-I-L-Y.com to book a time to meet and learn more. We'll show you how Pippily can help you promote your business community and grow your subscriptions. Howdy, it's Donna Nowitzki here, CEO of Yifty. Fun fact about local businesses. Did you know that small businesses employ 57% of the U.S.'s non-government workforce? Many of these small businesses are your chamber members. We are here to help you help them. 
As you heard last week, we do digital gift cards for 500 plus communities, and we call them community cards. Our chamber partners get a custom gift card branded for you that works exclusively in your member stores. The program is free for you and free for your members. We even give you reports so you can tell them how much business you brought them. Sign up for a live Zoom demo with me or one of my teammates at yifty.com demo or email sales at yifty.com. That's Y-I-F-T-E-E dot com. That's it for now. Back to the show. All right, Amanda, we are back. Um, so as I mentioned before the break, we're we're talking about elevating engagement. Um, you've got a book all about it. Um, some could say maybe you're an expert on it. And <laughs> I'm a little bit hesitant and you know, really setting the stage that way. I, I think I told you before we got on the, the recording, it's like introducing a comedian and, and telling everybody how funny the comedian is, and then you're you're set up to deliver. So, you know, no pressure at all, but no pressure. I, I think I'm I'm looking forward to an engaging conversation. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> So maybe let's just start with why did you write the book? Like what what was it about your background and maybe personal history that led up to this moment where you're like, there needs to be a book about elevating engagement of these membership organizations? Yeah. So, okay. So let me give you just a kind of quick, super quick, speedy history to get us to this point. So like I said, I started at Crayola. And then I had a couple of jogs in my career where I worked at an advertising agency, and then I landed in a at a national association. So I worked, I worked in the uh, for a higher ed association. Super cool. It was the first time that I even realized that associations and chambers and they were even a thing. I, I just didn't know until that point until I started working for them. And I was a director of marketing there. And um, and it, it just completely opened my eyes. And I was so delighted by how collegial these professional groups are. They're, they're really fantastic. So I decided to open up my own business and I was a qualitative researcher. My, my marketing focus has always been on research and I decided to pursue the qualitative research side of things. And during my time as a qualitative researcher, I worked with 33 different associations and got a chance to personally talk to 477 members from all different walks of life. And the the conversations with them did two things. One, I would ask them about their industry or their profession. And the second thing that I asked them about was, what is it like to be a member? What is it like to attend? You know, what, what is engagement like and all of that? And as I was conducting these interviews, one thing that I found is there's this gap between members and attendees and and leadership, right? And so so that's why I wrote the book. I wanted to close that gap. And just to give you a, a sense of the gap is, is you know, members are um, members are having an experience. They're, whenever they engage with us, they're having an experience. And very often when we're on the inside, and, and I can say this for sure, as, a, as a, being a staff person on an association, a lot of what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide value. We're trying to do the administrative stuff very right. And we're not, we're not focused on the experience. And so, so that's what this book is all about. The book is all about closing the gap. And, uh, and I'm also doing a ton of keynoting uh, right now. And so I start out every time by saying, we're here to close that gap between you and your members. Yeah. 
No, I like that. I think that's a good summary. And, and that does kind of set the stage a little bit here. Um, so my background is in chamber publishing. And mm -hmm. often I'll even joke with some of the different advertisers, chamber members that were you know, selling ads to that um, I often will hear a chamber member say that they want to advertise in whatever the chamber publication is, because there's almost a sense of guilt that they join the chamber at, at some point and they see all the emails from the chamber about the networking mixer, the after hours, the chamber luncheon, the annual banquet, you know, there's always something, the golf tournament, and there's a sense of guilt that they can't be at all of the things, you know, they work during the day, so they can't go to the luncheon or they've got family life after work, so they can't go to the after hours. So they see doing some sort of advertising with the chamber as a way to engage. So how would you look at engagement? How do you define engagement as you look at a, a membership organization? I guess what counts when it comes to, to, to engagement? Yeah, yeah. So so advertising counts and attending counts. Uh, so so let me let me kind of step back though, because what I tend to do is I tend to define engagement the way a member would define engagement. And the way okay. members define engagement is almost solely around emotions. And I actually uh, I ask when I when I keynote, I ask my audience this. I'll ask them, what is what does engagement feel like? When you're really engaged, what does that feel like? And I'll I'll ask them to to recount a professional or personal community that they're very, very engaged in, you know, what one that makes their heart very happy. Mm -hmm. And so this is some of what they'll say. They'll they'll say, I feel valued, I feel welcomed, I feel belonging, connected, excited, inspired, it's energizing, I feel included. Um I feel focused, I feel peaceful, I feel worthy, I feel like I'm being seen. That's just some of the words. This is, I got 139 responses, but those are some of the keywords that came up over and over again. So, so engagement is all about emotions. And when, you're, when your members or our members are making decisions to engage, they're making very emotional decisions. What they're what they're what they're trying to work out, and it might not be even conscious, but unconsciously they're they're trying to say, is this community for people like me? Do people like me join a chamber like this? Is you know, do people like me go to events like this? Do do am I gonna find my people here? Am I gonna belong? Am I you know all of those things? That's that's the the kind of what's going on in the back of their minds, and so I I love to define engagement all around how members see engagement. Cause you're right. When we, when we on the business side talk about engagement, we're talking about joins and renewals and registrations and opens and reads and click throughs and all of that. So we're talking about the metrics of engagement. Uh, but I, I love to, to think about engagement as that, that very emotional, emotions and feelings that that drive those decisions to engage and so that that's that's typically where i'm coming from yeah it uh what you said almost sound like a seth godin quote right people like <laughs> us do things like this yes. and uh and he'll often talk about enrollment right so mm -hmm. the engagement level kind of that next stage is yes i want to engage and now i'm going to enroll i am all in i'm gonna you know fully participate and i know that's a few steps down from where how you kind of break down that that member journey or that uh 
the experience journey. So maybe touch on that a little bit, because I think so much of that, the beginning of that membership journey is where that emotion really is probably at its peak. Um, there's some reason why they're choosing to attend the conference or choosing to join the chamber. Um, and I'll say everybody does it for slightly different reasons, but understanding what that emotion, what that driver is, I think is so key to being able to help them have a successful journey going forward with, with the chamber. Yeah. So yeah. Kind of outline that for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm so glad that you started touching on, you know, what, what happens at the beginning because so for most professional communities, what they find is new members are the most fragile members. And, and so, you know, people, if you look at your metrics, you might see people join and then they never engage. And then it's not a surprise when they don't renew. Right. And, and so, um, so they're very, very fragile. And, and so what we need to do is start appealing to their emotions. One of the, one of the things that I often will say when people are, are asking for like, what is the definition of engagement? I'll say there's two parts. There's uh, there's value. So we got to provide value. And the other part is, is positive experiences. So you want to provide good value and positive experiences. And when you do that, uh, members will engage. And I would wager to bet that your chambers provide lots of amazing value. You know, people, all of you chamber pros, you're doing all of these events, you're publishing, you're emailing, you're, you're providing all kinds of really amazing things and lots and lots of value. And it's it's frustrating when people aren't joining and or it's or renewing or engaging in, in some way. And so the the piece that's often missing is the experience part, the, the part that triggers all of the emotions. And um, and so this is very salient for new members, uh, you know, new members join. They often don't understand how to really engage. There is the all oh, the emails are coming and there is I've heard that um, Brandon that guilt factor that you were talking mm -hmm. about in so from so many different types of members, you know, they're, they're sending me emails, I, I feel like I and what they will say is, I, I'm not engaging and it's, it's, it's my fault. It's not them. They're, they're making every effort. It's that. totally yeah. me. Right. And, um, and I can see that there's a lot of benefits. I can see that there's a lot of events and, and, and what they would normally tell me is I feel like I've got to start going to these events, which I can never do because the timing doesn't work out, or I've got to spend a lot of time on their website, understanding what they do. And I just don't, I don't have the time yet. And, and so I think what we need to figure out is how to uh, connect a lot quicker with them. You know, how, how, to have, uh, how to provide a teeny bit of value so that they understand that taking that leap to come to your events makes a lot of sense. Um, and also connecting on that emotional level. And you do that with experiences. So are there phone calls? Are there... Uh, is there kind of a, a special quick but fun email that you could write to them? You know, what are all of the experiences that you can provide to new members that will get them saying, oh, this is not only going to be worth my time, but I think that this is going to be a really fun group. There's a lot of energy. I'm super excited. Yeah. And as you're saying that, it reminds me in the chamber industry, there's a lot of uh, focus on with the engagement of members to try to make the shift from it being a transactional relationship 
to being more of a transformational relationship. And that way, hopefully, if that's communicated and modeled in correct ways, the guilt factor hopefully isn't there as much because they're not in it. They, they didn't join to say what's in it for me, but they're, they joined to be part of something bigger that's making a positive impact in their community. Mm-hmm. Um, I see some chambers that have the option to join their chamber right on their website. We can enter your name, credit card information, and click submit, and you're done. You're a member. And I'm sure there's the onboarding emails that come in, but that chamber doesn't know anything about that member, why they joined. They didn't really share their mission, their vision, any of that. And oftentimes those are coming from another member as a referral saying, you know, you need to be a part of the chamber, right? Um So I think right from the beginning, there tends to be a little bit of a disconnect. And I love in the book, you talked about doing a listening tour. And I think Mm -hmm. that could probably come in 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 a couple different stages along the member journey. Um, But to really tap into that emotion and their why, you want to maybe expand a little bit on the, the listening tour and how that can kind of pull on that emotion. Yeah, absolutely. So let me let me give you a couple of tangible stories that I heard dur- while I was um, while I was interviewing members. Uh, so so there, there's a couple of associations that were doing a really good job, and and I got a chance to figure out what they were doing from their members saying I was on I was the recipient of the listening tour, and so. There's one uh, one uh, association that did a very interesting thing. Now they had not very many members joining. Um, it wasn't like they were having hundreds of members join every week. They they might have been having tens of members join every week, and um, and so uh, the the director of marketing of that particular organization would schedule a call. It was about a 20 minute call with every single new member. And during that call, she would ask them a series of questions, you know, hey, tell me about yourself. And when did you start working at this company? Or when did you, you know, when did you, uh, you know, start the company? Um, She would she would ask them questions about projects they were working on, what their goals were, what their mission was, uh, what uh, if they're having any challenges. She might even ask them, you know, what tell me about some trends. And she would she would take careful notes and she'd listen intently. And at the end of the call, probably with maybe, I don't know, three, four minutes to go, she would say, this has been so interesting. And and there's a couple of things that I heard you talk about that we might be able to help out with. There's you talked about this really interesting project that you're working on, and not many of our members are working on a project like this, but I know that Sue is. And I would love to introduce you. Would it be okay if I introduce you to Sue? I think she's a couple of steps ahead of you. And um, but you know, I can introduce you via email. And and then she would she would also say, and I also heard you talk about this, this, and that. And we, we've got some data from some of our research, or we've got an event coming up where we're going to be talking about this topic. Would love to have you. I'm going to follow up with some emails. And so, you know, she get off the phone and immediately send some emails. One introducing that new member to Sue. A longtime member and tell and telling Sue and and you know reminding this this person while why she was introducing them, and then she would follow up with a separate email saying, "Hey, you know, as we were talking, I told you I was going to send you this research report and this invite to this event and blah 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 blah." So that that's very time consuming, very hands on for this organization. It works because they don't have a lot of members. 
Other organizations, um, there is the listening tour where you get into your car, you know, or your your get your staff into a van and you book breakfast, lunch and dinner um, or you go to people's offices or places of work or factories and and you spend 15 or 20 minutes with them doing the same kind of thing, asking them questions, touring, just being there, letting them be seen. Um, and, and it's it's such a pleasure because now when they come to an event, they already know a, a friendly face. So there's there's that part. The other thing is if you're with um, a chamber that's maybe spans a large geographic area, uh, there's a uh, virtual orientation events. Now the virtual orientation events are not orientation webinars. They're much more um, responsive than that. So, so people come, you know, your new members come into a Zoom meeting and then you ask them the same kind of questions. You know, where where do you work? What what kind of organization is your company? Um, tell us a little bit about it. What are some of your goals? Uh, what are some of the projects that you're working on? And then as everybody's feeding in information to you, uh, you the host can do some pattern matching for the biggest things that people are struggling with, and then make that link for them between their problem back to the to what the chamber provides in terms of of benefits or upcoming meetings or something like that. So, um, so the, I I love that you were talking about uh, you know these these member listening tours because there's so many ways that they actually work, Brandon, and and that's really the key to it all. When when you know your members and and you hear them talking over and over about their goals, then then we serve them a lot better. Yeah, there was one uh, chamber executive I talked to one time, and he talked about how he'll do three breakfasts each day. He'll go meet with different members. You know, the first one maybe is just having a coffee. You know, the second breakfast, toss some eggs, and the third one maybe a pastry. So he's breaking it up, but he's getting to three different member businesses to have these breakfasts, and he's meeting with other members there. So like the levels of engagement with the organization with the members is on multiple levels, and able to you know gather a lot of that very important information to be able to better serve the member and. Um, I love that. So it does kind of seem like though, in, in today with everything digital and we've got, you know, in-person events, we've got virtual events, we've got emails, we've got social media, we've got podcasts, we've got YouTube, we've got all these different ways to get our messaging out there. Um, does that make it harder or easier to engage members? Like how, I think on you know I can see both sides of the coin, but I'd love to to hear your approach and and maybe how chambers might want to look at this. Yeah, what I what I'm hearing across the board is is engagement is getting harder. Uh, you know, it's it's harder to engage attendees both virtually and in person. It's harder harder to engage members. It's harder to get those opens and reads. It's just I I, I think it's harder. And and some people are seeing you know. This is not uniform. There's some associations and some chambers that are are seeing these bright spots. Like, hey, we went back into person, and 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 we've got some of our in-person events are doing amazing, and we're still doing virtual, and some of those are doing amazing. So this is not engagement isn't universally going down the tubes, but I think it is getting harder. And one of the reasons why it's getting harder is is really time and attention. You just hit on it, Brandon. There's so many ways that we're trying to reach members, but there's so many ways that they're getting content and they're connecting and they're, you know, the, it's just sort of a 
we all have a very frantic pace of life these days. And so we've got to do something different to engage members than what we did before. And I'm so glad that you asked that question about communications because this is, this is sort of a really great time to talk about how you not only provide value, but you also provide the experience. So, so every time we communicate, there's two things that we're trying to do. The first is the what we say, and that's the value. It's the message we're trying to get across. The second thing we're trying to do is, is or the second thing we communicate is how we say it. And this is the tone, it's the voice. And, and this might be something that you've talked about a lot in publishing is, is the tone or the voice. And so mm. I love to think about tone on a continuum. And so on one side of the continuum, there's the very institutional tone, the very professional polished tone. It's a lot of big words. It's when we've got our business hat on, that's the tone we tend to fall into is the institutional tone. On the other end of the continuum, uh, I, I have what I call the, the best friend forever tone. Sometimes I'll also call it the happy dog tone. Yeah. So if you go into your personal email and, and you read, um, you just quickly like scan your personal email of all of the brands and companies and products you really love, they're talking to you in the happy dog tone. There's emoji, there's hashtags, it's casual. They're talking to you like they're your best friend. But for some reason, when we're doing business to business and we put our business hats on, we talk very, we tend to talk very institutional. And so I just like to, to remind everybody uh, that tone is on a continuum and you can pick anywhere you want to be. And especially with your new members, they're, they're looking for all of those cues on whether to belong. You know, is this the place for people like me? They're looking for those belonging cues. And when you can warm up your tone in your emails or warm up your tone in your phone calls, uh, they, you know, or, or any of the information you're sending out to, to new members, they, they sense that. They, they sense that this is going to be a happy, warm, lovely place for them to, to meet other people and connect. Yeah. So when I think of maybe an in-person or even a virtual event, I think to on an event stage, it's a, maybe a little easier to gauge the engagement. Um, you can see if people are looking down at their phone or distracted or getting up to get a drink or, you know, just the, the distraction where as we try to, with these communication channels, I love that you brought the the tone and the voice into it, the happy dog messaging. Um, besides maybe some of these metrics that we look at, the open rates and, you know, social engagement tools, are there other ways that we can see if our message is landing right? If we're, how do we get that kind of feedback when we're not in a room or a Zoom room even to be able to get that that instant, uh, hopefully positive feedback? Yeah, yeah. So people are always asking me how how do you measure engagement? And and there are, you know, I think when your members are doing the yellow highlighter exercise, they're measuring engagement. Uh, looking at your renewals, it's a measure metric and a measure of engagement. And and so as you're engaging members and attendees differently, you're going to see that metric go up. Some some uh, organizations use net promoter score, some of them do things as sophisticated as engagement scoring. And and so again, over time if you're if you're focused on those experiences, you're going to see those those metrics go up. But 
But it's engagement is a tough one because it's very hard to make one change. It's very hard to say, okay, we're going to make this one event more experiential and we're going to see renewals fly off the chart. That's not the way it works, right? Uh, there's, there's, there's not a lot of like one-to-one direct comparisons. You just sort of see a general lift over time. So, so I, I think sometimes we have to measure engagement again with our own emotions, which is, you know, is there, what's the energy like? Okay. So we're making, we're making some improvements to try to be more engaging and say this one event was the energy better. Did people walk out smiling, you know, um, for virtual, one of the things that I think is a, a really good predictor of a virtual meeting is what's going on with the chat. Now you can do a lot of things to have a really robust chat. And as a, as a very often speaker, I love the robust chat. I love when I'm talking and people are busy in the chat and they're talking to each other and they're asking each other questions and they're tuning in to listen to me and they're plussing up what I say and then plussing up what everybody else says. And, and that's, for me, that's gold because, uh, because they're sure they might be listening to me and engaging with me, but they're, if they're engaging with each other, that's lovely too. So, um, so if you're doing lots of virtual events, have chat ambassadors in there and, and that can be a micro volunteering opportunity for one of your members, or it could be a staff, you know, job, but have those chat ambassadors in there that are, you know, they're plussing up what other people say and they're asking questions and they're they're kind of saying, oh, this, you know, the speaker said this. What do you think about this, everybody? And 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 really try to foster that excitement and get it going. And and that's that's you, you'll sense the energy. You'll you'll sense it whether you're virtual or in person. And that that's almost I think as value or it is as valid as some of those tangible metrics. Yeah. So I hope this doesn't feel like we're taking a step back, but I was thinking about the emotion as people engage with an organization. Um, that emotion is you're able to maybe give them some small wins along the way. So in the book, you talk about like speaking from stage, there's little engagement questions or um, things you can do to warm up the room, right? So they're engaging on a very minimal risk or risk-free environment where they have nothing to lose if they just participate and engage. And as a member joins an organization, uh, there's other little quick wins, I'll say, that you can do to kind of trigger that emotion or positively reinforce that emotion of, yes, you're here for a good reason. We're here to listen, like all of those things. Are there any strategies or tips that you want to share around maybe those small, quick wins to warm up the audience or the new member to help encourage them, to give them that confidence to be able to engage at higher levels as they progress through their, their membership journey? Yeah. Let me, let me tell you about a, a totally unexpected story that I heard when I was doing those interviews. And it's a, it's a story that I heard over and over and over in different ways with different words. Um, but what what I would hear people say is, I went to my very first event for this organization. And while I was waiting in the registration line, welcomer, I didn't know it at the time, but people were circulating and they were talking to all of us in the line. And uh, and somebody stopped and talked to me and it was maybe just two sentences. And uh, and it, it was, it made me feel like this community is super open and warm and welcoming. And it, and I felt like, 
going to step out of my shell and I am going to to just talk to other people. I'm going to introduce myself to other people and just see how it goes. And so, so it's like new members come in and we have to give them the teeniest little nudge or a teeny little bit of permission so that they can go and make their experience great for themselves. And so whenever we can do that, it, it's great. So so let's see, how do you do that? You can do that with welcomers at in-person events, you know, kind of warming up the crowd for in-person or virtual events. Uh, think about your icebreaker. You know, what is what is a an icebreaker question or an activity that is super safe and super easy? Uh, and so I'll, I'll give you just an example. When I'm getting together a group and I want to uh, get them uh, to be really creative. I want to, I want the group bubbling up lots of ideas. I want them collaborating with each other. Uh, and, and the topic is not, is not very serious. You know, it's, we're, we're working on, we're just going to work together on this problem and we're going to have a really great time doing it. One of the questions that I love to ask is, would you like to be a dragon or have a dragon and why? And, uh, and, I, and, and the why is the key, you know, you can pick either one, but I love to ask why. And so you can ask that, you know, in person uh, with a smaller group, you can ask it on a, you know, virtual meeting and get people responding in the chat. But that, you know, again, you're, you're popping them out of the expected stuff uh, and uh, in the, their professional world and, and you're bringing them into sort of a different surprising experience where they can have a little bit of fun with it. They tap in their answer and now they've started participating, which is half the battle, because once once you start once, then you'll you'll form that habit and you'll keep participating. That's awesome. Having read the book, I knew that was the question you were going to you're going to bring up. So I was waiting for the dragon question. So I'm glad you glad you brought it out. I love uh, the dragon question. <laughs> uh, as we begin to to wrap things up here, I wanted to ask. Usually, I'll, I'll ask for a maybe a tip or action item for listeners who want to take their organization up to the next level. What you would offer? I think I may want to rephrase that to. For an organization, a, a chamber listening who would like to level up the engagement of their members to the next level, where should they start? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, let me backtrack and tell you one other one. So yeah. if you're looking for more icebreakers or energizers, the other one that is surprisingly super fun uh, and people get, you know, they have this very fun argument about it is, is a hot dog a sandwich? So, so what do you think, Brandon? <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich or is it not a sandwich? Uh, I'm going to go. Yes. Is it the same way a cheesesteak is a sandwich? Uh -huh. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. 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 So, so interesting. Usually, usually groups completely divide and, <laughs> and there's some squabbling around if, if a hot dog is a sandwich and, and to my knowledge, there's no real answer, you know, just like, yeah. it, are, are you, you know, is, is white chocolate chocolate, you know, again, I get that, you know, those are, those are fun questions to ask. Now you wrap um, it in cornbread and you have a corn dog. Now that's a whole nother topic. I, I don't know you what to are, do with that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th that feels not sandwich like to me, but yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, um, so what, you know, what can they do to take things to the next level? What, what I would suggest is go and start identifying all of your transactions. You know, anytime you have a transaction. So joining is a transaction, renewing is a transaction, uh, opening an email is a transaction, registering is a transaction, registration at your events is a transaction. 
And, and so think about, and so like anytime the staff has a job to do, you're doing administrative stuff for that transaction. So think about how you can seamlessly keep doing the administrative part of it and then layer the ex positive experience on top of it. So that's, that's how you close that gap is to keep doing what you're doing in terms of the transaction and the administrative stuff, but now figure out how to layer the, the positive experience on top. It's easier than you think it is. So like, let's say you're, you're, you're doing registration at one of your events and you've got, you know, a hundred people coming through the door and you need to give them all badges within 10 minutes or something like that. You know, it's like people are coming at you and you, you, you've got to log them in. You got to give them all their badges. Um, even, even in those moments where you're so busy and so frantic, just, smile like just keep giving them a genuine smile and now you've layered on that positive experience i love that um and I, I was thinking i don't know i don't know if this holds true all the way through or not but if in talking about those micro wins those you know micro positive experiences and micro engagements um hopefully if they're engaging on that small you know risk-free level a way of maybe measuring that is if they're engaging again, like if they're taking another step, you know, on that journey. And if they're, if they're stalling out, you know, if you make that initial engagement and they stall out, maybe the communication needs to be refined. Maybe you need to get more information, um, but they hopefully should be making another step, another engagement along the way. Um, would you agree with that? Or is that just yeah. totally my own thought? You are absolutely right. So I have identified it. Five, uh, I've identified six stages of engagement, and is exactly what you're talking about. That that at each stage, there's generally speaking a barrier for people to take that next step into the next stage of engagement. And so, to the extent that we can be aware of all of those six, six stages, and and just constantly helping people have those micro wins and, and sort of taking that next step if they want to. Uh, one, one thing that happens is, you know, sometimes like uh, boards will get burnt out and, and a new member, a new face will come to an event for the first time and a board member will rush up and say, we're so happy you're here. Have you ever thought about being on the board? And the right. new member is panicking and saying, oh my gosh, I don't even know who you people are yet. And so, <laughs> so you, you, you can't rush people up the six stages of engagement, but what you can do is make the opportunity available if they want to. So if, if you, uh, uh, you know, the book is Elevating Engagement and right there in the beginning, I, I detail all of the six stages and each chapter is devoted to one of those stages. And I talk about the, the kind of go, no-go decisions that members are making at every single one of those stage stages. And, and then I, I just try to give you hundreds of ideas for helping them move from one stage to the next. Again, if they want to, we're, we don't rush them. We just make those opportunities all available to them. And mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I, I think I love, I was taking notes while you were talking, Brandon, because this idea of micro wins or micro engagements, I, mm -hmm. I just, I love that terminology and I hadn't thought about it or articulated it that way. So, so if you don't mind, I'd like to steal that from you. Cause I, I and, think it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just reference me twice and then you can own it after that. So, Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> so a real life example that, uh, 
that I was reminded of in reading the book, you you mentioned the the board members, you know, maybe seeking a, a replacement for their seat, um, yep. doing the board recruitment. Um, so my my wife was the volleyball commissioner for our local youth volleyball organization. And our two youngest, well, all of our girls had played volleyball through it. So we felt invested and she was giving back to the community and doing her thing and um, just ended up with a lot of things on her plate. And she was completely overwhelmed. It was draining all of her energy. So as she would talk to the other volleyball moms, she would say, this is wiping me out. I, do you want to take it from me? Do you want to do you want to do this? And, and everyone kept saying no. And I was like, you need to change your approach. Like, <laughs> this doesn't have to be a bad thing. It doesn't have to be a negative experience. You don't need to lie to them, but just share what it entails, share what the upsides are and let them make a decision. But if you sell it as you know, this is so time consuming and has totally drained me. I think the example you gave in the book is a, a board member saying, you know, I've, I've been affected finance, you know, negatively financially, you know, and serving on the board. Nobody's going to want to take your spot, right? So you don't want to scare people away <laughs> with being over-engaged maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then then as staff members, we can also get a, a handle on that as well. It, you know, if if we feel like it's hard for volunteers to volunteer, we can look at their roles. We can look at the time commitment. We can look at dividing things up. We can, but but just like it, just like we were talking about with new members, you know, we want to take new members and give them that little nudge to help them keep progressing along their membership journey. You can do the same thing with volunteers. I love thinking about the the volunteer journey as well, and you know, start the volunteer journey with a micro volunteering opportunity, and then slowly build. And I, I think a lot of time as as staff people, we tend to think about volunteer roles as ve very specific things. If if you're on a board, if you're on a committee, those are volunteer roles. But to members. Welcoming is a volunteer role. Speaking is a volunteer role. Hosting is a volunteer role, right? And and so um, so think about all of those non-traditional things that we want to do to engage members, like like being a chat ambassador and have that be a volunteer role. And and so you know maybe people are spending three minutes volunteering or 10 minutes volunteering or 30 minutes volunteering, but now you've just flexed their muscle so that if there's a chance to do another volunteer role, they might take you up on it. Right. I love yep. that. So I like asking everyone that I have on the show this question that as we look to the future of chambers of commerce and, and I'll broaden that and say just associations in general, how do you see the future of chambers and associations going forward? Yeah, I, I see it really bright. There's there's such a need, you know, when whenever there's a need in the community, there's a business proposition. So I, I think the future is really bright and it's it's just about how to engage differently. And, and I, I from the research, I see that the answer is in the experiential side of things. And now, again, I, I think I said this a little bit earlier that I would wager to bet a lot of your chambers are offering a ton of value. And if you offer even more value, that's great, but it might not get you to engagement. What you got to start doing is focusing on those positive experiences. 
And, um, and so a really quick way to think about that, and this is something that you can play with you with your staff or talk to your board about or your committees about is, is just start saying, you know, like any, anytime somebody starts asking, what do our members need? You know, what do our website visitors need? What do our attendees need? What do people need? Start laying or layering on that question, which is how do we want them to feel? And so, so when you ask, how do we want them to feel? And, and this is an easy thing that we that you could try even tomorrow, right? The, the next time you're writing an email, think, how do I want the reader to feel? And you you kind of lock in that emotion in your brain that you want them to feel uh, happy or joyful or hopeful or something like that. And when you type, your message will actually tonally change in quality. Uh, and, and, and that's a really great experience. So just always, always keep asking, how do I want people to feel? How do I want them to feel when they come to our website? How do I want them to feel when they walk in the door of our event? How do I want them to feel when they're advertising or hosting or sponsoring or any of those things? And that, that'll, that'll get you to the, the experiences part. I love that. That's a good gauge right there, just to to kind of make sure that what we're doing is the right thing and getting people to to engage and feel good and hit on those emotions that brought them there in the first place. So Amanda, I've enjoyed this conversation and having you on the podcast. I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who may want to reach out and connect or share where they can find your book or anything like that that you'd like to to share with the audience, feel free. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at amandaleekaiser.com. It's Amanda, L-E-A, and then Kaiser, like the role.com. There's information about the book there. It's an, There's information about speaking. There's a newsletter all about engagement uh, that I put out once, once a week that you can sign up for if you'd like, or you can type elevating engagement into Amazon or any online bookseller and you'll find my book there. I love it. We'll get that in our show notes for this episode. But like I said, this has been an engaging conversation. I'm, I hope the uh, the listeners feel so as well, and that it may prompt them to uh, to make some micro wins, to put themselves out there a little bit, to touch on those emotions, understand why their members are there, and what can you do to make them feel the way that you'd want them to feel. So Amanda, thanks again for being with us today and for sharing your, your insights and for, for sharing this book as well. Thank you so much, Brandon. This has been delightful. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. 